This is Ed Clay. I'm here with Melanie Sinclair. Hello. And we are the Freedom Cartel. Big shout out to Rebel Inc. for the music at the beginning of the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Melanie, how you doing? Hey, doing good. I'm just not liking all this uh, stuff that's uh, going on in the news about coming from my guns. But I think the more of the question would be for you. And are you dodging rocks? I am dodging rocks. I am dodging rocks. And the the uh, hate emails <laughs> uh, that we get. I shut down my Facebook. Too much access. Too much direct access. It's getting a little hairy. You getting lots of hate mail? Well, not really hate. Not not that much. Uh, I got a couple uh, weirdos, but at the same time, is this for what you're saying on our show, or is this for what you're saying on your Facebook? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe, uh, maybe a little bit of both. But uh, yeah, last week, I guess it was probably Thursday. I was driving down the interstate in the back seat uh, of a taxi, and someone as we were going about 65 miles per hour, pulled up beside us and threw a rock through the windshield, uh, through the front passenger seat. You said it was a big rock, too. Yeah. And, uh... And y'all didn't... Luckily, you didn't die or anything, but uh, the police came? No, we didn't call the police. I took a, I took a picture of it. But, I'm um, surprised that... Uh, I would think that the taxi cab driver, unless he had something illegal going on, <laughs> I would think he'd be looking for his police report on that. For insurance. Well, well insurance. I, I took a picture, and he, he was a little shaken up. We were, we were all shaken up because we almost died. Uh, the rock, I mean, if, if I was sitting in that front seat, I would not be here talking to you today. No doubt about it. Um, and we were going like 65 miles per hour down the interstate. I saw a car kind of pulling up beside us, and it just kind of it freaked me out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I, they went one direction. The cab stopped. I couldn't really see what kind of car it was, and uh, you know, it was it was a it was definitely an, an interesting experience. So, you know, that was that. I, it I, wasn't I, a drone. It was a rock. We know this. Yeah, and I'm a little yeah, exactly. I'm a little paranoid right now. I would like right. to wear a bulletproof vest. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but I would like to wear one. Uh, but unfortunately, because I'm a convicted felon, uh, I am not allowed to wear any kind of protection. Uh, other than a condom, and, Other and than a condom. Yeah, there you go. And uh, you're not a convicted felon of doing something wrong with a gun. It's oh, absolutely just, uh, not. It was it was uh, drugs when I was about three weeks after my twentieth birthday. Young uh, and foolish, eleven right? years ago. <laughs> so yeah, young and foolish, and you know, it, it it happens. But the idea that I I'm not allowed to protect myself with a firearm or wear a bulletproof vest. Uh, because I'm they not going, why, be a, why can't I wear a bulletproof vest? They want vest? you to be a sitting duck. Yes. Why. I mean, and you know, my house, I have a glorious house uh, that takes up a, a quarter of a block, basically, right across the street from the projects, though. And, uh, you know, it's completely, it's a compound. It is what it is. You can't, you can't get in. It's got gates. and So you have to sit there and wait for the door to open. Yes. Uh, the problem is, uh, you know, if I, if I come in late at night, I, I do get a little bit worried about being carjacked. I bet you do. And, uh, you know, it's it's frustrating. I mean, my dad uh, wanted me to wear a bulletproof vest, and I can't do it. So, you know, if I get shot and killed uh, going to my house because I, I didn't, I wasn't able to wear a bulletproof vest, please play this for Obama and let him know that uh, the United, United States government's policies killed me. Well, you know, that would probably be a good lawsuit, too. I mean, and I think that's the only way you can get these kind of things changed is start, uh, you know, suing when these things happen. Unfortunately, that's the kind of uh, 
you know, society we have been uh, rendered to. So Yeah, you know, but the, the problem that I have with that is uh, it takes a lot of energy to and see money. somebody. And it takes a lot of money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to spend the money, and I don't want to use the energy. Well, on you'll be like dead. That. We'll do it on your behalf. Yeah. Well, maybe I, I, I would be <laughs> martyred then. You right. know, use use my the, the image of my uh, uh, dead body to spark a an awakening in the minds of Americans, realizing that uh, it's not cool that I can't wear a bulletproof vest to protect myself. I got an idea. Why don't you make bulletproof pants? And then put them, drape them over you, and that way you do not have a bulletproof vest. Yeah, it's, I, I believe it's <laughs> any kind of body armor, actually. Oh. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well. But, you know, it's a welcome to America, a great country of America. And uh, right now they're trying to take guns away from people who aren't con- uh, convicted of a felony. So I don't think that I'm going to be at the front of the list <laughs> right. being a felon that uh, wants to be able to have a firearm and, and uh, carry a firearm and wear a bulletproof vest i mean I, if they don't want me to have a firearm it's one thing but i don't understand the bulletproof vest i cannot hurt anybody with a bulletproof vest i am just trying to protect myself because i am in fear for my life i am in fear for my life right now i'm, yeah. not, I'm not kidding i i am uh you know people say oh you're paranoid this or that well you know what you're not seeing the things that i'm seeing right now and uh you didn't have somebody i, I was paranoid before but Whenever I have somebody throw a rock through a vehicle uh, that's moving 65 miles an hour down the interstate. And you're getting hate mail. Yeah, and I'm getting hate mail. Uh, yeah, uh, I would just like to wear peacefully a bulletproof vest. And hey, weren't you coming home from a place you normally, I mean, you could be found in? I mean, yes. so it was easily that they could find you. It's not like you were coming, you know, from the airport where nobody knows that you've been, you know, out and about. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, doing the responsible thing and going out and getting a cab to drive for you on a night out in town. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I had my girlfriend with me. Uh, she was in the back seat. And, you know, the idea that somebody would do that, you know, while she's in the back, I don't know. It's, 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 it's freaky. I tried to freak her out about it. She was cool. She's like, oh, you know. She's like, I'm a Christian. I have favor. No worries. She was. That's, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what her response was. She was all like, ah, you know, she's she's cool. But uh, the idea that someone would, would throw a rock through our windshield shield is um, is disturbing, and, and along with the fact that uh, I would do an automatic five years if I were to wear a bulletproof vest. When I did talk radio, that was, um, you know, uh, I had lots of death threats, um, or a fair amount anyway. I think it was probably a total of seven, which is, <laughs> which is you know, plenty. Um, and, uh, you know, people, friends, family and friends wouldn't be near my car when I started it. I mean, they, they were like, they, they even were like, you know, uh, you're probably bringing in a very rough crowd by what you have to say and which is part of being a libertarian i mean that's the thing is that they don't want you to um have the first amendment uh, one of the reasons why they're going after our second amendment the uh, the obama administration and i'd like to throw in the republicans and neocons in that too um i told my husband i'm like we've been members of the nra for years i'm on out i'm not you know they, they have they have negotiated our second amendment rights away at this point um, and uh, but anyway, so yeah, so to get rid of the First Amendment, you know, they don't like people talking, 
And so they have to get rid of the Second Amendment in order to take your freedom of speech, which, you know, look at the uh, video games, you know, with this whole Newtown uh, massacre. It's not just the Second Amendment that's under attack and the First Amendment. Um, what's the other one? Fourteenth? Oh, the, the 14th Amendment is, is the one that they're, they're trying to use to uh, raise the debt ceiling. Okay, so it's the, probably the, the, tenth, yeah, the 14th says tenth Amendment. Tenth Amendment is states, states' rights. Well, there's another amendment. I have to look at my Constitution. Which but one are you looking for? I'm not sure. It's uh, I know it's the First Amendment for the you know the, the you know right to speech, and then the second for the rights to bear arms, and then there's Third, maybe you stuff can't stand close quarters. Fourth is uh, with videos. It has something to be able to. Oh, that's that's the First Amendment. The First Amendment. But I thought there was another amendment that that would uh, fall under if they went after it. Wait, not, explain exactly what what you're afraid they're they're taking away. Well, your right to. Um, you know, say what you want. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a First Amendment issue. The, and uh, the, the video is the, the media, so you can't restrict the press. So anytime we, we videotape, uh, you know, we're allowed to videotape public officials because it's our First Amendment right uh, to the press. You know, we can videotape. We can uh, get news out there on, on what's going on. That, that is completely protected under the Constitution. I think what she's saying, the 14th Amendment is uh, has been applied to be the right to privacy, which would be what people, uh, which is why Roe versus Wade counts on the 14th Amendment, saying that a woman's right to privacy trumps. So I think that that may be, they may use the 14th Amendment's right to privacy to try to argue against the First Amendment. Is that what you're referring That's to? That's probably what it is. Okay. I couldn't figure out, I, didn't, I thought I was pretty sure that it was the Fourth Amendment, but then all of a sudden I drew a blank on uh, what the 14th Amendment was and also where they were going with that. But I, absolutely, I mean, the right to privacy, you know, that goes along with the Obamacare. I mean, you know, if you've ever been on one of these, uh, you know, these psychotropic drugs or whatever you want to call them, what do you call Class A inhibitors or something? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're going to uh, – you are probably one of the, the first ones that they're going to de-arm. Well, and there's really no such thing as a right to privacy. That was an interpretation of the 14th Amendment that I don't I don't really see uh, – may even be, be kind of a, a stretch. I think the right to privacy um, – actually, I shouldn't say it's a stretch because I, I, I do agree that there is a right to privacy in principle, and I think that there should have been an amendment uh, that specifically addresses – Privacy and in a way, unreasonable searches and seizures does cover that. I think it was just assumed during those times that what goes on within the house is your private business, and I, I, I don't think they ever really. Yeah, I was focusing on uh, the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Four, about the uh, the debts, uh, <clears throat> which Obama is trying to use as his reason to raise, raise the, the debt ceiling, right? And that, that's a, a part of, of the, the 14th, 14th Amendment. Amendment. Yeah, that's – yeah, right. Exactly. Well, the debt ceiling, and that's a whole another joke. I mean, they just need to cut up their corporate uh, credit card at this point and uh, start paying off their bills. They got, two, uh, what, $2 trillion, somewhere around there, dollars coming in, and they can pay off the debt with that $2 trillion, and then whatever's left over, allocate to where it needs to go. And that's what needs to happen. Um and if that means that uh, Congress and uh, Senate, um, um, as well as House, uh, can't be paid because there's no money left over, then um, I think that you know they've done a, a pretty shoddy job anyway. House hadn't been so bad, but um, you know they're not innocent in all this. But yeah, so I mean, uh, 
for you know taking your guns away, they're they're looking at mental illness, and um, you know we've talked about that. You know what is mental illness? You know is it post traumatic stress disorder? How convenient would that be for them to not allow ex military to be able to own a gun? Um, you can't see it, can't smell it, can't taste it. Um, so you know who determines what mental illness is? And then you have to stop and look at. Um, you know, like, for example, alcoholism, I, I guarantee you in this right to privacy thing, if you've ever been an alcoholic, you you might be right there, you know, where you can't own a gun with what they're trying to do. He's going to go for the mental illness side. And, you know, if you, you know, want to own a gun, if you have a desire to own a gun, that could be considered mental illness. Or if you question your government, um, you know, that could be considered a mental illness. So it's... I think we're moving into a very, very gray area um, where the lines could bleed, you know, pretty badly. Well, I think a, a perfect example of the problem with the mental illness case, you know, th- that they're putting forth is if you, if you look around 1970 at the list of mental illnesses, it was very small. Look at the book now; it's gigantic, and the psychiatry industry uh, is not a perfect science. It's not close to being a perfect science. And quite frankly, it's the least scientific, uh, scientifically proven. It's, uh, well, it's a science is a hypothesis. Right. But, but, but in it's, its, name. it's the, it, it's basically a joke. Uh, psychiatry is for the most part a joke. I think there's good psychiatrists out there. I think that it can serve a purpose, uh, but not, in, oh my gosh, $350 billion industry a year. Uh, you know, Valium was the number one prescribed drug for a long time. Over half a million deaths uh, last year uh, due to sleeping pills. Um, psychiatry is a nightmare. Psychiatry, uh, they don't understand. It's more problems. Oh my health. gosh, the side effects of, uh, of these SSRIs and the mood stabilizers. Uh, and the other antidepressants that they use and the antipsychotics that they use, uh, it's troubling. And when a side effect could be psychosis and you see people going off with their, you know, in a psychosis and, and killing people, which I think is kind of what's happening. I think it's, it's uh, flipping a switch inside these people. I do think uh, psychotropic drugs have a large part to do with it. And I have firsthand experience from that. And I'll, I'll share my experience here with you in a second. But psychotropic drugs are a huge, huge problem. And if they're going to go... And a huge, huge industry. Oh, a huge, huge industry. And if they're going to go through and go the mental illness route and have more people getting you know, psychiatry help and think that the answer is more medication. Here's the problem with the more medication answer. Here's a problem with Western medicine in general, and I think that Western medicine is the best medicine in the world. Don't get me wrong. I think Western medicine is the best medicine, but I also think that uh, when it's used right, Properly, I think that it's yeah. greatly, greatly abused. Uh, and for no. the psychiatry, if you take a, an average person, well, like you, who uh, was having some hormonal issues, right, and they they give you a prescription of Paxil out of the blue. There's someone who's now taking a chemical that's going to affect their brain in a way that they have no idea that has been proven to cause psychosis and people to snap and go kill people. 
that's a huge problem. Prozac. Prozac, is they, yeah. Is what they prescribe me for hormonal balance. You're a normal person. Like, you don't need Prozac. I know. Are you kidding me? Think about all these women that they're putting Prozac, they're putting them on Prozac for, um, you know, PMS. Well, and, and all they're trying to do is create a society that can't think creatively, that can't think outside the box, that think that they have to think a certain way. It's a... Or it gives the government a weapon to take away their their amendments. Their, I was going to say, and now, and now, they're using it as a way to take away a Second Amendment right when they're, it's, it's not, it's not good science, flat out. I mean, psychiatry of all the industries that we have is, is <laughs> the biggest joke right. of an industry. I mean, the reality is I could take someone who is going through a problem, <clears throat> suggest an exercise routine, some meditation, and a good diet, and they would most likely be a lot better off than they would if they went to a doctor. That's just how it is. They would like likely be a lot better off uh, as if they went to a doctor. Well, I completely agree with that. And um, you know, as we've said time and time again, when the FDA uh, are the biggest drug cartels, I mean, it's making our government. Not only is it making our government uh, more money. Um, it is giving them more weaponry against the citizens um, to keep them in, as what <laughs> we were laughing, Alex Jones, <laughs> you know, snapping people out of their trance. Well, you know, it's really hard to snap them out of a trance when they're on psychotropic drugs. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just where do you draw the line on mental illness? And I think that we it's fair to say that walking around in public you can pick out, you know, the occasional per- person that comes stumbling along, um, like this kid with the, the Sandy Hook uh, shooting. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, but it, it is very odd behavior to slide your body down the wall uh, to travel, you know, to class. I think there's something that is off about this person, and not to say they need to be locked up in a mental institution or anything like that, but... Um, Certainly, uh, certainly, they need to have a better eye on them. Um, you don't go out and teach the the person to go out and shoot a gun like this mother did. If I had a child like that, that would be the last thing I'd be teaching this child, just in fear that he might shoot me or, you know, somebody else. Uh, let me let me tell. I, I want to tell my my story when yeah. it comes to psychotropic drugs and uh, benzodiazepines in particular. Uh, about seven years ago. <coughs> And this is a very, very important story for people to hear and understand because I think it highlights the biggest problem that we have with our medicine today. And I think that it highlights uh, the side effects that are unintended uh, side effects uh, from these medications. Right. About seven years ago, uh, my doctor prescribed me what's called Niravam, N-I-R-I-V-A-M. Uh, it is a basically a fast-acting version of Xanax, which you put on your tongue. This, this you put on your tongue. It melts. It hits you within 10 to 15 minutes. Uh, now, it's a benzodiazepine. lasts, on average, about four hours. The doctor would give it to me uh, because I'd, I had a big problem falling asleep, and it knocked me out. It put me to sleep. Well, a few years later, let's say five or six years later, uh, I was still taking it, and, and you have to start taking more to get the get the effect. So I, I went from, let's say, uh, 
uh, one milligram to one and a half milligrams to two milligrams, maybe going to two and a half milligrams over five or six years. Uh, I had to take it before bed, and I became dependent on it. And there's a big difference between dependency and you know, addiction. I was dependent. I didn't ever fiend for it. Like, you were physically dependent. Exactly. And I was like, you know, I, so I had to have it to sleep. Uh, if I just stopped taking it out of the blue, benzodiazepines, I found out, have a horrible side effect if you stop taking them. The withdrawal is a seizure uh, a lot of times and can sometimes cause death. I had another one of my students who stopped taking her Xanax and she had a seizure. So um, this is a, you know, it's a major side effect that they don't tell you that you can't just stop taking benzodiazepines. Well, I understood that and I, I knew that I needed more and more uh, to sleep. Well, I went to my doctor and I, of course I have uh, some experience with addiction and helping, uh, helping drug addicts uh, get off drugs. And so I was very familiar with what I would need to do to get off of the Neurovam, the benzodiazepine. I didn't want to take this anymore. I decided I did not want to take anything else. I was coming completely clean. I wanted to be, you know, on my own when it came to that. So I went to my doctor. I said, hey, switch me from the Neurovam to Valium. I want two Valium tins, and I'm going to walk myself down. Okay, so I, I went from two tins a night before bed to a ten and a five to wow. a ten and to a five. And for six months, I couldn't get over that five. And it could have been psychosomatic. I understand that. But I couldn't get over that five. So I started smoking weed heavily right before bed. I took my medicine and my health into my own hands, like I should have the right to do as a responsible adult, mm-hmm. uh, an intelligent, responsible, educated adult. I smoked weed heavily for four nights in a row, specifically an indica weed, which helps you with sleep. It's a downer. Yes, exactly. I smoked weed heavily for four nights. Four days later, I was able to sleep without my benzodiazepines uh, for the first time in seven years. Marijuana helped me get off of Valium and Neravam. Problem with that is that the FDA can't patent it. Right. Well, there's yeah, there's a bunch. That's a whole other debate. <laughs> so here, here's where it gets interesting. Since then, I haven't, uh, I haven't been taking, I haven't taken Valium more than uh, two nights in a row since April. Okay, I've probably taken it seven or eight times since then. Generally, before I get on an airplane, I get a little anxiety. I actually get anxiety, believe it or not, through the TSA checkpoints. <laughs> but I haven't taken it but probably seven or eight times since April. I took it one night before bed because I was, uh, I was out of town. I didn't have any marijuana at all. And uh, I don't want to go looking for it on the street somewhere. I don't like flying with it, of course. Right. I took it. The next morning, I woke up with this huge amount of anxiety and stress. Now, I didn't tell you that you know, for, those, for the last couple years before April, I was having a lot of anxiety and stress every day. And that's what caused you to start this. Yes. Well, that's what I was having a lot of anxiety and stress, which, which I thought was other things. I didn't know what it was. Probably, probably well, I did it again. I did it. Uh, I took it again a couple nights later. And same effect. I woke up with a huge amount of stress. Well, I, I noticed that before I took it uh, for a plane flight, the next day I had a huge amount of anxiety and stress. Here's what I'm telling you, Melanie. The Valium was causing my anxiety attacks and large stress levels. The Valium, I checked my blood pressure, was causing my blood pressure to rise the next day, which is 
which was causing the doctors to want to put me on blood pressure medication, which I wouldn't take. Now, I was in the hospital for my blood pressure a couple years ago. I had to go to the hospital. And this is why you were on Valium. Oh, yes. The Valium was the cause of my stress and problems. The Valium was the cause of my high blood pressure. The drugs that they were giving me did not have stress and anxiety were causing my stress and anxiety. Since April, I've taken it seven or eight times. Every time the next day or the next morning, I have a large amount of stress and anxiety. It's brought on by the Valium that's supposed to stop the stress and anxiety. Valium up until a few years ago was the number one prescribed drug in the world. People are going to have to wake up about this fact. It is the drugs that they are giving us that are causing a lot of the problems that we're dealing with today. It's a nightmare. It was the Valium that caused my stress and anxiety. Now I am completely drug-free except marijuana. Sorry, guys. It is what it is. Marijuana basically probably saved my life. Do you know what I would have to do if I couldn't smoke marijuana? I would have to take Oxycontin, for all my injuries. So I had to be addicted to synthetic heroin the rest of my life. Technically, by federal law and state law in Tennessee, I don't have the right to choose my medication. I am the most, I am beyond functional right now when it comes to my business and work, and I am completely drug free. You're much happier. Except for marijuana. I don't even drink alcohol very, very rarely. Do I drink alcohol now? And that's a big change for you from yeah, when absolutely. I met you. Absolutely. I, I, you were out partying all, all, you know, all night long. Yeah, I mean. and, and thank God that, I mean, thank God there was marijuana. Marijuana, it probably added 15 years to my life because how, how long can you take? And, and honestly, the, the, the alcohol, uh, when I look back, I was doing that uh, because the volume was making me so stressed. I was having to self-medicate. Yeah. It was causing so much anxiety. I am clean from all this pharmaceutical garbage now, just smoking weed before bed now, and I feel amazing. I'm much more clear-headed. Uh, I'm not stressed. I'm happy. My blood pressure's down. I'm eating organic foods all day. I drink tons of water. I am healthy. And if, if people have a problem with that, then actually, but you know what? I'm not gonna, most people don't have a problem with that. I don't think it, they do. Most it, people I know would smoke it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and, it was and, like, you and know. the idea, though, that they're giving these people, as Alex Jones said, suicide pills. It's it's the truth. It is the truth. I mean, and I, they call, accuse marijuana of being a gateway drug. And oh, no. let's look at the, what the gateway drug is. Look at what the <laughs> volume opened you up to. You know, having to do you know blood pressure pills, and then once you start taking the blood pressure pills, what kind of side effects did those have? And did uh, they have another medicine to cure that? You got it. And I guess my point with all this stuff, with the, the my biggest problem with the the psychotropic drugs, and actually uh, the, my problem with a lot of Western medicine, like I said, I think it's the best. Is the fact that you do you're not treating the actual problem. You're not getting down to the core of the issue. You're treating a symptom, right? So, so you're just treating a symptom. You're not you're not actually fixing the problem. We have to go and fix problems in America. It's the same problem that we have in our government. We don't we don't actually go and fix the problem. We treat the symptom. That they go and treat the symptom. They're voting for the symptom. They're voting to raise the debt ceiling. They're not voting to drop the debt. They're arguing over. They're voting over uh, cuts to proposed increases. They're not actually debating cuts. We're only gonna we're gonna knock off twenty four billion off the four trillion increase. That's not a cut. That's not a cut at all. You're just you're just not quite spending as much money 
You know? And and the idea that they can tax us more for and not pay this debt off or tax us more and it not really mean anything. The American people think that they're going to tax us more and somehow that's going to raise money to pay off this debt. It's not doing it. It's not even helping at all. They're raising a debt ceiling. All our tax money is doing is paying the interest to the private banks that own our monetary system, which is called the Federal Reserve. We're just paying interest to these banks that are too big to fail and that aren't following our same laws. Look at HSBC. It was a criminal, felonious act of fraud. And they said, oh, they're too big to fail. We can't prosecute them. So, so basically, these banks control us. They control our country, and they don't face any consequences for the negative actions that they do that kill people, that cause people to go hungry. That's, that's, that's the reality. Their, their policies and their too big to failness is killing multiple people every day and every year. Make no mistakes. Can I add a little, like, an angle to that? Because you, you, you already touched on that angle, but it treat the symptoms, not fix the problem is the government's motto. If they fix the problem, what's the use of government? If they, if doctors were to fix your problem, then where are they going to get their their next patient from? So, it's just this. It's it's a gateway for them to, as long as they just treat the symptoms and not fix the problem, it gives them a gateway to take more money from the American people. It uh, uh, look at the the use like we were talking about with these um, you know these drugs like Valium and Prozac. I mean, it uh, literally gives the doctors um, and the government uh, you know a weapon on the people, as Alex Jones said, which you know we th- sometimes think he kind of goes off the deep end sometimes. Um, but the the government is um, you know not your friend it is uh an entity that needs to exist it is a parasite uh the more you feed it the bigger it gets and you've got to cut it off at the throat and that's in in if not it's going to cut you off i mean and and that's where we are right now look at this uh we we just got some info on the new york senate passing um the uh the gun bill um, overnight last night uh, in New York, 8 p.m., they uh, brought their politicians together, the legislature, and they voted on whether they should be able to, um, you know, make more criminals out of law-abiding citizens. Um, yeah, Tim. I was going to say, here's the thing. They banned mm. magazines over seven rounds. Now, think about this. Oh, my gosh. Most AR-15s are the standard is 30, 30 then you can have 20 there are a few 10 not very many five round magazines and so basically what they have done and they're giving people a year to get rid of their magazines before they're subject to arrest but I mean they basically outlawed I mean the, the most common rifle in America the Ruger 1022 the staple that people use to, to teach their children how to shoot it comes with a five-round magazine standard, but most people put a larger magazine because, I mean, it, it you know. The legislature, uh, according to some of these articles that we have read, have said that the legislatures did not even read the bill before they voted on it. Really? That, it, right there, should be 
illegal. Well, is it not illegal? Huh. I mean, look at that's what they did with the old See, Obamacare. You know, to me, this is completely. I mean, this is this is one of those Second Amendment issues. That's. I mean, this is complete unconstitutional. Completely unconstitutional. I mean, limited magazines to seven rounds, making unsafe storage of so-called assault weapons a misdemeanor, outlawing internet sales of assault weapons, requiring retailers that sell ammunition to register with the state, run background checks on purchasers, and maintain a database of all sales, mandating mental health therapists report their patients if they made a credible threat to use a gun illegally. On Monday night, Cuomo declared the Second Amendment is a scourge on society. As Democrats said, the legislation does not endanger the constitutional right to own firearms. This is not about taking anyone's rights away, said Bronx Democrat Senator Jeffrey Klein. It's about a safe society. Today, we are setting the mark for the rest of the country to do what's right. I'm going to tell you something, Cuomo. (laughs) If you try to pull this in Tennessee, they would take you out and shoot you. You would be shot in our state. There is no doubt about that. You... There are no well. Let me tell you. There's not a lot. We got a lot of rednecks around here. Yeah, to take yeah. Care there, of there's problems. no way. There, there are not a lot of police <laughs> in this state that will disarm uh, the citizens of the state. And if they came to my parents' door trying to take the guns, there would be a firefight. You think I'm playing? This is where we draw the line, flat out. If you try to take our guns, we will fight to the death. I am willing to die for that. There are a lot of American citizens that are willing to die for that. That is tyranny. You cannot take away my God-given right. And if you do, somebody's going to end up dead. I, you're right. You know what? You have more firepower than, than we do. You have, you, you have logistics. You have. I'm willing to die for it. Okay, I'm an American citizen that is willing to die for his rights because our founders started this country giving us these rights. They're like, hey, you know what? You have these rights by God. These are our rights. You, you can't take these away. And they warned us against people like you. They put the Second Amendment in place so when you go to take our guns, you get shot. And you might not like, like the reality of that, but that is what it is. I mean, that is the truth of why we have our Second Amendment. They want us to kill you for your beliefs. You would be charged with treason, Cuomo. I think that he should be. I think that any of these... Um like Harry Reid and and Dianne Feinstein and uh, Andrew Cuomo, um, Obama. I think uh, anybody from this day forward that tries to uh, take away the guns in any way, shape, or form should be charged with treason. I'm not saying you have to take them out back and shoot them, but I certainly think it would be very beneficial for them to be thrown in a federal penitentiary with a lot of mean-ass people. Well, and it, then let's see what they think about having a gun after their long stint stay, you know, uh, in, a, in a federal penitentiary. Well, I, I tell you, people need to Google Patrick Henry and yes. see, what, see what he had to say about this. People need to Google Samuel Adams, not the beer, Samuel Adams, the founder, and see what he had to say about this. People need to Google Thomas Jefferson and see what Thomas Jefferson had to say about this. We were warned, people. We were warned, our founders, the people that founded this country, the country that you say that you love because it's America and it's free, they gave us specific instructions to do when this happens. And you might not like the instructions. You might think 
that oh but you know no it, it, to me it is worth dying for okay and and we need to put it in perspective and it's not just me you know i saw alex jones going off last week and i was like man you know alex he's got to calm down a little bit but you know if you listen to what he said it's right on but the reality is he he sparked something in america and i'm glad he did it now because he represents i'm going to tell you this and, and they may not like the, this reality he represents a large amount of society in America. Now, does he exactly represent me? No. But he represents a lot of people that I know, yeah. flat out. And I'm more on his side, a lot more on his side than I am all these other freaks. Yeah. I mean, and, and so, yes, he represents a large amount. Of, they have no idea. He's talking like a redneck. And guess what? <laughs> there are a lot of rednecks down I in love, the South. I, I know so rednecks. many people like him. <laughs> So many. Yes. It was like, oh my gosh, that sounded like my grandpa talking right there. Yeah. I mean, he, and I don't think that the liberal nut jobs realize this. They call us nut jobs. I think they're as crazy as they think that we are. Absolutely. I think you're nuts to give away your guns. You are crazy if you want to give up what you're saying. I think that's a mental illness. That's what I'm saying. That's nutty to me. That you is want to give away your illness. right to bear arms. The right to bear arms protects us. It protects all of our other rights. Well, I, That's the point of it. You know, read the history. They don't want you to read the history and realize what our country was founded on. You guys have no idea if you haven't studied history. It was a violent revolution. They killed people. I think that we should make it a federal offense for people not to own a gun in their household. And for those who uh, do not own a gun uh, in their household need to be ousted from this country. Well, you know... Um, I think they can go live in England and go live in France and Italy and, and you know, Canada. Well, well, see, I'm not and, allowed to, to have a gun. Well, you... So yeah, but that's... I, do, I, I don't have a gun in my not household. Not you. I'm not like saying... I, said, I don't feel safe. Yours was taken I'm away. Not, yeah, absolutely. So that's not... That's a difference. I mean... But, but if I find out that they're going to go try to take the guns from the American citizens, I am joining the fight. I can guarantee you that. You know, I, I'm not kidding. I am Join willing to die for this. Militia. There's no way. I, there's no way they are taking my guns. Call me a nut job, right wing, whatever. I'm sorry. I'm not. I think I'm completely rational right now. I think you're the crazy ones for trying to give up your guns and give up your right to defend yourself against a crazy, tyrannical government. You know, the question is, do you trust the government? And people say, oh, this would never happen in a civilized society. Okay. What about, I'm just going to throw one thing out there. What about MK Ultra? Now, this is not a conspiracy, everyone. MKUltra is not a conspiracy. It's declassified in 2001. From 1953 to 1973, your government, your CIA, raped and tortured American citizens doing mind control tests on them. Why don't you look it up? This is not, this is not some kind of conspiracy. This really happened. It's declassified. 20-something thousand pages were released in 1977. It was too traumatic to society for the Senate to release it right away, so they declassified it to 2001 when everybody kind of forgets about it. So, no, I am not crazy to think that our government, the current government that we have in place, some of the people that were in that government back then are in our government now. Yeah. And they raped American citizens. They tortured American citizens to do mind control tests on them. So why am I the crazy one to think that they can't try to kill me, that they can't put me in a FEMA camp, that they can't put me in some kind of crazy, you know, crazy concentration camp and gas me? Yes, I am afraid of my government. Absolutely, 100%.
you know, it's funny that you said that, and we've been talking about doctors, and I've always said that about Vanderbilt uh, Hospital. I mean, you know, it was in, like, 1960s that they were uh, testing uh, radiation on pregnant women and see the effects of their, their fetuses uh, without them knowing that this was going on. You know, this has, like, happened in our parents' lifetime, you know, and it's like... I, there, uh, I like Western medicine. I mean, if I'm in a bad car wreck, yeah, you know, please take me to the emergency room, <laughs> you know. Um, but then again, uh, to look at kind of, you know, the relationship between, um, you know, Western medicine and the laws that are passed in this country, I do believe that there is a huge correlation to that. Um, the scientists that are probably doing those uh, raping of, you know, people's minds um, that you were just talking about, um, absolutely. There is a huge connection there. And, um, you know, you can't get a sheep to slaughter unless you drug it, right? Absolutely. And, uh, and I, I do. I really do find it a mental illness if you do not, if you are, uh, you know, anti-gun. I think that that is freaky to me. It's very foreign to me. Um, you know, we were raised with around guns. We had, my parents had, you know, uh, guns laying around when we were growing up. Um, around the house. I mean, it was, you know, you walk by the 10 shotguns that were, you know, in, in the mudroom. Uh, never once ever did we ever uh, think about picking up those guns because we were taken out to shoot those guns and we, at a very young age, realized the power behind it. Um, you know, it's like bigger than a balloon popping in your hands. I mean, it make, can, you know, really, especially when you're young, it's a, it, you know, really leaves an impression on you. So, you know, uh, today, you know, try having, you know, uh, guns laying around your house, and then the next thing you know, they're going to be sending the child, you know, welfare services or, you know, to come and pick, you up, pick up your children because you're unfit. And that's so anti-American. Um, that's so anti-what it is to be an American. Uh, I think all schools should be, uh, you know, have, you know, uh, rifle ranges. I think that should be, instead of going around playing smear the queer, oh, excuse me, can't play that anymore, um, you know, dodgeball. Instead of playing dodgeball, they need to be out there teaching them how to defend this country, um, especially when hell comes to town. But in, that's the thing is that it's not going to be our local police. Um, and it's not going to be probably our military that they use to come in and do a takeover. Uh, it's going to be, you know, the Interpol uh, police. Uh, it's Good going to be, that. huh? Good luck with that. Well, Interpol, it, come, Interpol is driving around our, our, our streets. I would highly suggest people do whatever they can to run them off the road. They are, they are the enemy 100%. Here's the, the reality is the Republic the United States of America is under attack. It is. We, we are at war. We are at war right now. It is a war for our republic. And people can say, oh, no, no, the government does not represent us. You know, people say, oh, you know, we are the government. No, we are not the government. If we were the government, every time we'd be dropping a bomb in Iraq, we would support it. Every time we have a drone strike that's uh, landing on a kid, we would support it. They do not represent me. Oh, see, but it represents a lot of these people because they... They don't have a gun in their house. They're scared of their own shadow. So what about that terrorist that's, you know, thousands of miles away across the ocean? Uh, the government needs to be over there, like, blowing these people up because they can come over and, you know, take over my anti-gun stance, you know, right? Well, and the question is— what Not that I'm saying that. That's my thought. But this is the thought process that goes along with these mentally ill people. Well, and, and here's the thing. What, what are you willing to die for? You know, and people talk about being patriotic. And I hear a lot of things when it's coming out towards our beliefs is, oh, 
they're unpatriotic. Oh, they're no, no, no. Understand this: we are patriotic. We are none of those things that are negative towards America. Yeah. We are trying to save our country. We see what's going on right now, and, and we've reached a conclusion that this is tyranny. If they take, if they if they go to take our guns, it is complete tyranny. That I, is our last defense against a tyrannical government against a dictator. Obama's scaring me right now. He is scaring me. I, I'm nervous about this guy. He, he's doing some crazy... Talking about executive orders for gun control. To and take he should away be tried my, for treason. Oh, my God. An, an executive order to take away one of our rights? That That, that is tyranny. And I certainly hope that... Um, that Congress will send in the military to arrest him and Andrew Cuomo and any of these other politicians that voted for this in New York. Um, this is treason. This is against our Constitution. And they can call it, you know, whatever they want to, you know, uh, gun control or, um, you know, uh, what what are some of the other ways that they're trying to do it? Background checks, you know, that goes back to your personal right of privacy, uh, you know. Uh, they've st- they've overstepped the line. Um, our Constitution has been trampled on by this president and was trampled on by Bush. Um, none of the Republicans have been, uh, you know, innocent in this, uh, especially a lot of these neocons. Um, so, you know, it, it is what it is. But I will just say this. If there is ever a reason to get rid of your psychiatrist or your psychologist, this now is, is the time. now is the time. Uh, because when Obamacare uh, kicks in, they're already going to get, you know, your whole psychological folder and know exactly every thought that you had. Um, they're going to know every drug that you have done. And this thing about this, when Obamacare comes in, what prevents them when you go to give blood to find out, you know, what your deficiencies are, you know, whether you have cancer or, or you know, whatever they need. What prevents the government from going in and taking your personal DNA? Where is the line of personal privacy in this country? People have been so willing. I mean, the fact that people are okay with drones in our air is mental illness. Yeah, you think? That, that to me, I, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't, I don't understand um, where any of these politicians that have agreed to do this are mentally stable enough to run our country, period. I think if there's anybody in this country that has deserved to have their rights, uh, their gun rights taken away from them, it would be these mentally ill people. Well, here's here's the thing with <clears throat> with drones. I think it comes down to just like it's the same thing with gun control. It comes down with them trying to treat symptoms. A shooting is a symptom, okay? It's not the gun that caused that. The shooting is a symptom of something going wrong with society. So they treat the symptom and they don't get down to the core problems. Let's look behind the guns, okay? Let's look behind the guns. What is causing these people to go out and shoot up little children? The government. Well, in a way, I mean, it's 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 a driving people mad <laughs> while they're on these, you know. Well, I, I don't think drugs. that it's the government per se. But, you know, like <laughs> it, it, seriously, it's not like what is causing this this symptom? Is it the families? 
Is it the schools? Is it the media feeding them with nonsense? Is it video games? Is it music? What is causing these symptoms? How can we fit? What is the core problem? Because we talk about knocking out guns. We talk about uh, banning this. We, we always want to make laws to fix really, truly moral issues within our society. And laws will not ever, ever fix moral issues. If that was the case, if laws fix moral issues, there would be no, no drug abuse in this country. I think that the core problem, if I had to pick one, would be boredom. You know, we were meant to go out and catch our food. We were meant to go out and, um, you know, grow our food. We were meant to have some sort of sense of self-preservation and survival. And I think that we have, as a, um, you know, as a species, uh, we have gotten away from that. And with doing those sort of things, you exhaust your anxiety. You exhaust, you know, your um, anger. Uh, so we have, you know, uh, generations of latchkey kids, you know, come home, uh, mom and dad are at work because it's the way the government wants them. They want mom and dad at work so they can have your kid in public school and teach them, um, you know, the poisons that they want them to learn. And, you know, these kids are not being fully exhausted. If you remember, um, one, how, one of the ways we met was that my son was having anxiety problems. And, I mean, he was just very intuitive. Uh, at a very young age, he figured out that the world was not safe. And he, ju- and he just uh, he felt like he couldn't defend himself. And they tried to get me to put him on all these, um, you know, uh, drugs to get rid of the anxiety. Uh, Boost par, and uh, uh, there was another one that they tried. And um, I finally said, you know, this is not the answer. And I put him in with your uh, mixed martial arts, uh, Ed Clay's mixed martial arts, which uh, absolutely saved my son's, um, you know, sanity. Uh, It completely exhausted him where there was no more anxiety. Um, he would come home from, you know, doing mixed martial arts, and he'd go, gosh, Mom, I feel so calm. I mean, the fact that, you know, he would be able to recognize what that actually meant was significant enough. But I'm just saying, I think that boredom is what is the, the, the problem. That is the symptom. Um, there is not enough for uh, people to do. Uh, people are just, you know, they're not, they're going to Kroger's, driving the car to go get their food. They're not tending to the cows. They're not mucking the horses' stalls. They're not hauling water buckets. They're not, you know, they're not physically exhausting themselves. And that is the problem. Yeah, and you know, Ron Paul said this in his speech, uh, his farewell address, that something to the effect that uh, the government we, that we see really reflects the morality of society. So, you know, if you look at the problems that we're having right now at the highest levels uh, with the banks, letting the banks go, too big to fail, uh, politicians on the take, all of this stuff, as a people, we've allowed this, Mm -hmm. okay? We've allowed the government to get as big as it is. We've allowed the government to make 
crazy laws. We've allowed the government to wage a war on the American people, uh, aka the war on drugs. We've allowed the government to go around the world and slaughter send, send our military to slaughter, uh, to expand our empire. We've allowed the government to pass laws like the National Defense Authorization Act that says that it can detain American citizens indefinitely, torture us, and send us to secret prisons, including Guantanamo Bay, without a trial. Oh, that sounds fun. We've allowed all of this to happen. We've allowed them to to, to basically put in gun control. And, and every one of those politicians need to be arrested for treason, and that goes for our local you know, corker. Yes, and, and until we're willing to stand up as a people together and say we're not going to take this anymore. We want all of you out of there. If you voted against the Constitution, you're out immediately. Yes. There is no way. You put your hand on the Bible swearing an oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic, when in reality, our politicians are the biggest enemy to the Constitution. They're swearing an oath to take down themselves. They are the problem. You lie to the government, it's a felony. They lie to you, it's fair game. I mean, it's, you know. But the people are the one that have allowed it. We we have allowed this. The government is ours. We are not the government. We We own the government. What is it? When a government feels, fears the people, there's liberty. When the people fear the government, there's tyranny. And that's we fear exactly the government. We We're worried about the government coming into our houses, taking our guns. We were warned against this. It's not rocket science here. And you can say, oh, well, you're being paranoid or extreme or whatever. No, 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 no. You're being extreme by giving up your rights so easily. You're being extreme by not knowing your history and allowing it to repeat itself again. This has happened time and time again throughout history. And Within every my single grandparents' time, lifetime. Well, exactly. And every single time it happens, people like us are called the nut jobs. And people like the ones that you're seeing going along end up supporting the tyrants. The, the, volume, the, the, the volume zombies. <laughs> yes. So you know, yeah. there's a morality problem with society we have to go and fix the actual problem instead of just talking about fixing the symptoms to the problem which in this case the symptom of the problem is guns what do you think about all these people that are on these uh, class a inhibitors do you think that they should have the right to be able to bear arms is there uh, a gun control stance that you would actually agree on I mean, the fact that you've been on these and you know, you know, kind of, I mean, is that, I mean, is, is that something that maybe might encourage people to get off of it if they want to be able to own guns? I mean, where, is there any form of gun control that is acceptable? Um, <clears throat> well, that, that's a difficult question. I would have to really sit down and study it and figure what, out the way. That's and, and where to, we are. That's the question that's got to be answered at this point in time. Well, I mean, we obviously don't want mentally deranged people having guns. I think that's, uh, I mean, we, we don't want some. What defines mentally arranged, deranged? If you. Well, that, and that's, and that's, that, that's where I, I'm talking about someone who is on a psychotic break, 
You're talking now, about like Silence of the Lamb here. Yes, I mean, you're talking yes. about uh, his next door neighbor in yes. the in the Silence of the Lamb. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah. Right. You put the lotion on the skin or else you get the hose again. All yeah. right. That yeah. kind of stuff. That guy's crazy. He does not need a gun. But at the same time, I mean, do we really think that if we ban guns, people like that aren't going to be able to get them? No. But no. So, yes, I, I do think that we should keep the guns out of the hands of people with mental illnesses. But the question is, what does that mean? That's what you're getting at. What does a mental illness mean? Because What's it's so easily de- defined. It's ambiguous. You don't know what a mental illness is. So, no, I... I don't know the answer to that right now. I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that I would have to sit down and really uh, think about because, uh, honestly, the answer might be no. I do not support any gun control. That's what my answer might be in the end because, I, you know, they always say uh, those who are willing to give up uh, liberty for safety deserve neither. And, you know, when I really think about it, who's to say they can't say that I'm mentally ill? And well, if if it saves and, and people, you can take this however you want, but if a thousand people extra die a year because crazy people have guns, then so be it. Because you can't trample on my rights. It, it doesn't it, it doesn't work that way. Bad people get guns. Good people die sometimes. It's very sad. It's very tragic. But we shouldn't let fear of that happening keep us from having guns it doesn't work that way so i mean you know the you have to you have to look at it you know from you know from a detailed perspective yeah in a perfect world crazy people wouldn't get guns but you know if you can't really define what a crazy person is i'm not willing to give up my rights for that okay so uh with this what they're calling an epidemic of people dying from guns they were saying that um it's thirty thousand people a year that get killed by guns. That's one person out of every 10,367. One person out of 10,367. So let's take a look at how many, do you know how many people sit in uh, the, the Titan Stadium? I mean, well, listen, there's 11,500 11, are homicides every year. So that, that's really what it comes down to, 11,500. So it's not 30,000? No. Like they're, like they're, uh, like they're uh, saying in the mainstream media. No. Okay, so you're saying it's 11,000. So I'll do the math on that. But I'm just saying, not that it condones anybody going out and shooting anybody. Um, I'm just saying I don't think that that is a huge you know, epidemic, certainly not one. Uh, we, we had a half a million people die from sleeping pills last year, Melanie. You don't hear them going out trying to ban sleeping pills, do you? No, they're, they're encouraging it, they're right? They're encouraging more. They're encouraging more people to go see their psychiatrist to get them on the crazy drugs. The pharmaceuticals are, are running the show when it comes to that. Yeah, they are. And that's scary just in itself. I mean, you go in like me with a, you know, a little simple hormonal you know, issue, and I come out with a bottle of Prozac. It's like, seriously? Mm-hmm. So with those numbers, it comes out of one person out of 28,272 that are killed. 75%, 75% of those are gun violence or are gang-related gang violence. Which is another reason why I want 30 bullets in my gun. So do this. 
let's figure 2,500 uh, non-gang-related deaths. And I'm doing this based on 311 homicides. million people in, in, in the United States. Yeah, and and that's probably not – there's probably maybe a little bit more than that, and I'm just kind of rounded it down. So how many out of what, – what's your number? Let's say, uh, say 3,000 total. One out of every 103,666, 67 if you want to round it up. And then, I know people don't like to hear this, but the reality is a lot of those are in low-income areas. That's a very, I heard a very interesting, um, believe it or not, thought-provoking from Fox News um, that they were... um, I think it was at, uh, the black guy, uh, Charles, and I can't remember his name, he's a real big guy. I think he's on uh, Fox Business News. But he was talking about that the race, um, the black on black, that most of those, most of those uh, crimes, those gun deaths, is a self-inflicted genocide by the blacks. This is a black man saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, that it, you know. Literally, that it's a it's a black it mainly black on black shootings. I believe it. Um, I, I mean, and it's unfortunate that it's that it's come to that. And I would say most of those gun homicides, uh, they don't have um, they don't have their concealed carry permit. They're not following the laws. It's all you know, they probably have an unlawful ownership of a gun in America. But so so it's, you have people that are breaking the law, and it's not like gun control would help that now. Will gun control help get some guns off the street? Yes, for sure. It will. There will be less guns off the street. Uh, will it drop the rate of homicides by gun? Yes, I think that in the future you would have less people dying by guns, and so they're going to have statistics to support less people are dying by guns. Will it slow down or drop the rate of violent crime? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Will it drop the rate of murder in America? Absolutely not. Will it drop the rate of people being stabbed or beaten with a baseball bat or beaten with a fist? Absolutely not. It'll raise all of those. So the question is... I think I'd rather be shot than beat to death with a hammer. There you go. The question is, do you want to die by a gun? (laughs) Or would you rather be beaten by a hammer? And I mean th- that sounds funny. It is. It's it kind is. of hilarious. When, well, to us because we know you know. But that's the question. But these anti-gun people, they're like they ban hammers. I mean, they're like that crazy. It, it's it's amazing. And, and you know, with this whole seven round thing, it'd be interesting to have Cuomo in a room trying to defend themselves against three three men firing off his seven rounds, and when he's out, they're like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, come on. They, Seven rounds is nothing. For these idiot liberals that think they know about guns, oh, seven bullets is plenty. Seven bullets is not anything. Are you kidding me? Seven bullets? Have you ever shot a gun? No. Do you even know what how it works? No. You, you're thinking that you point a gun at somebody and they fly back, fly into the air like the Matrix or something. It doesn't happen that way. They keep coming at you. That's why cops want to put as many rounds as possible. That's why the cops don't ever get in trouble whenever they shoot somebody 20 times because it's they're shooting to kill. You got six cops shooting a bunch of rounds at the person. I mean, they're, 
they're blasting the guy. The impact will knock you over, but the well, not uh, necessarily though. I mean, that's why they shoot. You know, if each officer shoots six or seven times, that's if you got three officers at twenty-one times. And I, I was watching a video the other day. It was a horrible situation where the the, the officer you know put the knife down. Of course, the guy didn't have a knife and didn't have anything in his hand at all in the end. But I mean, that officer shot thirteen times in about four or five seconds, and the guy. It wasn't until about the last round. In fact, the last round was fired. He was on the ground. He started getting back up when the shot when the cop shot him that last time. And that's with the forty caliber. So, I mean, uh, I guess uh, we must be having a weather alert because phones are going off or something. <laughs> <laughs> the government's listening in. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the uh, I mean, you know, the, he shot him. The guy still started getting up. That's with a forty round or forty caliber round, which is a powerful round. Well, if you so, get shot with a powerful round up close, it will knock you over. Well, what happens is yeah. is By adrenaline kicks in it takes four or five seconds for your body to go into shock from the rounds four or five seconds is a long oh, yeah. time when somebody's trying to hurt you hey let me come at somebody for four or five seconds I'm a, I'm a professional former professional fighter i will crush somebody in four or five seconds are you kidding me i'll kill somebody in four or five seconds yeah well and that's that's why they do that yeah, it is a badass and i will kill somebody in four or five seconds no doubt about it yeah that's like nothing if, if you need to to defend yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah that's i mean you, you could do it yeah, yeah no problem whatsoever. All right, I, uh, we do have to wrap it up here in a second, but I w- did want to throw this at you, um, which, you know, is it a conspiracy theory or is it not? Um, there is a uh, – it's been con- supposedly confirmed that there was an active shooter drill uh, by law enforcement um, around the Sandy Hook, the day, actual time that the Sandy Hook shooting happened – and, um, and of course, all everything's been sealed. You can't see the videotapes. I mean, there's just a lot of little weird things. Um, it also, uh, one of the other things is that one of the noticeable problems with the official story is that alleged shooting suspect Adam Lanza's car was identified as a black Honda Civic, Connecticut plate number eight two eight seven two YEO, which is res- registered to a one Christopher A. Rodia. I guess that's how you spell uh, say his last name. Born August nineteen sixty nine. Uh, totally discrediting the official story, which remember the car was where the supposed um, <clears throat> uh, gun was found in the car, uh, which if you were to listen to the first reports that were put out by the mainstream media, it was the AR-15, was that what he used, uh, was in the car, and the shooting was done by handguns. Um, so there are a lot of things that are you know coming up um, that uh, you know really... I guess discredit the official, you know, the, the first reports for the first couple of days. But I just thought that was very interesting uh, that there was an active shooter drill in the nearby area. I'd like to know how close that was. Um, and, you know, they also left uh, the, the children's bodies uh, in the school for three days. And First of all, I'd have a problem with that if that were my child. I'd be going in there to get my child. They wouldn't be keeping my child. Uh, they'd be putting me in a straight jacket, and, um, you know, it would, be, it would not be a very good day for anybody. Uh, so if there's only one shooter, then why did they need to leave those children's bodies in the school for three days? What is the coroner looking for? Why is the why does there need to be a three day investigation if they already have the shooter? What's the what, what's the deal? Well, I mean, first of all, 
when it comes to the Sandy Hook thing, what I have done is kept an open mind to hearing all sides. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not making any judgment yet when it comes to what happened. From what I, uh, from what I have heard and read, the evidence that has been presented uh, is, I'm believing it for now. Okay, I want to find out because because I don't like going and talking about things like this. Uh, well, I mean that's the thing is that then re- then release the tapes. I agree. I, I agree. But what I'm saying is is you have you have 26 kids dead. Absolutely. 26 people dead. There has to be some respect. Well, then and that's when you decency. put the little swatch over the little people so you don't see them that are being hit by the gun. But we have the right to see what the supposed uh, shooter did. Oh, well, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying on, on that end. I mean, wanting to release the tapes, that's fine. But what I'm saying is there's a big difference in wanting to release the tapes and people accusing the government of a big cover-up or conspiracy on this because I would be, I mean, my feeling are the, the, the odds of that are, are I, don't, I don't think it's very good. I don't think that it was. I, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, the first thing I, I'm always looking at stuff like that, but I'm not going to go and say, oh, this is a conspiracy that, you know, uh, 26 kids were murdered or 26 people were murdered to take away our guns. But you're not close to the idea. Absolutely not close to the idea. And that's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm not. I close. just think that there's a lot of questions that, and they're using. And the only reason why I'm questioning that is because they're using it to try to take away our guns. So therefore, I think we have the right to see what went on in this shooting. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that. That's uh, all I'm if, saying. If yeah, okay. I just don't like going and saying, oh, no, no, no. A, you know. I'm not. I'm just saying there are a lot of suspicious things that make one question, and the only reason why I have even gone to the questioning is because they're trying to take away our Second Amendment with this. Two, if this oh. is the smoking gun. I want to see the smoking gun. I agree. Tomorrow, it has been announced, uh, it was just announced that they will be releasing the President Obama and Biden are going to be making their presentation in a news conference. Uh, It's going to take place tomorrow and they're going to have a bunch of children on stage with them as they make the announcement. Oh, that's a good... I'd like effect. to see the diversity of the children. It always cracks me up. They had the little, you know, the black kid, and the white kid, and the little Chinese kid, and the little Muslim kid. I mean, <laughs> and they, like, paint this whole, you know, theatrical, you know, do it for the children. Give over your guns. It's for the children. Um, and it's like, really, if you cared so much, then why did you kill so many kids in Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq? And, you know, if you really care about kids, um, you know, uh, why uh, why would you do all this murder, mass murdering that you've been doing uh, in foreign countries and using our soldiers to do it? Anyway, well, I mean, you know, you know how we are. We like to think about how, um, you know, things could possibly play out in this uh, tyrannical um, view. And quite frankly... I think we've got a huge issue on our hand, and I uh, think that people should be calling uh, the House and the Congress and the Senate 
um, and start pushing for anybody that has passed any have uh, yay on any of these bills uh, for gun control uh, need to uh, be ousted from office. And I wouldn't go as I mean I wouldn't stop at saying that um, I think that like President Obama needs to be tried for treason if he comes out with executive orders. Uh, I think it's a misuse of executive orders, and I certainly don't think he should have the power to have 13 of them, and that you know, and on attacking our constitutional rights. But we've also thought too that, um, or at least I have, that they're probably not going to try to take our guns uh, completely away. But what they're going to try to do is make it where uh, you uh, can't afford to have a gun. We've off, I've often thought that they're going to, you know, you have to have a million dollar life insurance policy or you know, a, a gun carry insurance policy and for every gun that you own, you know, to make it where you cannot afford to have a gun. Otherwise, you're, you're a felon and they can take you off to their little concentration camps, right? That's right. Well, I, I want to say this in closing. You know, all of us here are very anti-war. We're anti-slaughtering people. We're anti, and, and, and when I say that, I'm talking about, our, you know, the, the, what our government does around the world. Uh, we're anti-torture. We're very, very pro-peace. But as a good American citizen, where I draw the line in the sand is when they come and try to uh, take away our Second Amendment. And I am not alone. There are a lot of people out there, and I am willing to tell you I am willing to die for uh, my God-given rights and the God-given rights of every person in this country. So that's just kind of how I feel about it. Uh, we're closing with a little Rebel Inc. Check us out at www.freedomcartel.net. That's www.freedomcartel.net. Peace, everyone. There was a story told a thousand years ago That the oppressed will break the shackles that take control The city's gonna burn the world is gonna turn You read about it all the time But you never learn 